time to settle in for another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas with your hosts, Jeff and Nathan. You gotta be fucking kidding. Hey, hey, you okay? Hey. Damn, Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Deep in the Heart of Texas. I'm Jeff. This guy's a nutbag. Just because the fucker's got a library card doesn't make him Yoda. I'm Nathan. (laughs) And Aaron sadly cannot be with us tonight. Uh, He had other things to take care of. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I mean... Maybe next episode. And intern Ralph can't make it because it's his birthday and he had a buddy give him surprise tickets to a concert. Awesome. Thanks, Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to set this episode off with, uh, you know, I remember this film vividly. I mean, the the trailer was good enough to grab my attention because it was done in such a a neat fucking fashion. Um, I don't know. I mean, the film we're going to talk about tonight is seven. When the trailer came out for this film, it was unique. It was gritty. It had um, a lot of, I mean, the, the director was doing things with the, the film and the trailer that kind of made it look uh, like he tarnished the film. He had those weird cuts and shit. So it looked like it was really stylized, but still somewhere reminiscent of like, uh, Silence of the Lambs, those kinds of thrillers that we had already been kind of used to, but it was like next level. It was like rainy dreariness, you know, cops chasing down a serial killer, and it looked fucking enticing. So when I got a chance to sit down in the theater and watch this for my first time, I was like, from fucking go, it was already like an amazing film to sit down and just bear witness to. Um, when was the first time you got a chance to check this out, Nate? I believe, so 95, I probably saw it in 96. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it right when it came out on video. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like you're saying, I don't understand how it's like so underlit, but their flashlights are so bright and you can see the tracers of the, the light beam and it's very weird environment. I, it's stylistically just gorgeous, even though like, like you say, some scenes are like when they discover the fat guy, it's very underlit, but. Yet you can see everything. It's just like dampened. Oh yeah, it's it's fucking cool how they did it. But it, it's like the gamma and everything was just like I don't know. It's like a really cool retro kind of color degradation that was going on in the film that made it look like it stood out as something unique that you felt like you were watching. Yeah, I, I, like I said a few few episodes back, uh, when I saw this movie, like Jeff, I didn't leave my f- the edge of my seat, man. I was just like, what is going on in this movie? Now that I watch it, Brad Pitt's a little. <laughs> Not the greatest of thespians, but but uh, Morgan Freeman makes up for it, and of course John, the guy who plays John Doe, which we'll get into later. But uh, this movie's fucking amazing. And see, I, I felt the opposite. I thought the opening scenes, the like Blade Runner Seattle, where it just constantly rains. Yeah, it's an unknown city. It's undisclosed city. You it's, never find out where the hell it's. It's amazing. At. But uh, that play, that definitely was one of the characters of the film. Um, Morgan Freeman set up his little monologues and his theories of life and mm-hmm. existing as a cop and being close to his retirement were just spot on. So I felt it was awesome, almost like noir kind of twist that they throw in the cocky fucking, you know, Brad Pitt detective. I, I mean, I, I got to disagree with you. I like Brad Pitt a lot because he 
did play that cocky know-it-all. Like, you took this assignment. You took your wife to the city. You wanted to be around this shit. Yeah, I love when he says that. He's like, you actually asked to be transferred here. Yeah. Like, what What are you trying to make a name for yourself? He's like, no, I'm just trying to better. Uh, you know, he's like, no, fuck you, dude. It's like, <laughs> I love where he's like, <laughs> like their first meeting, they're at a murder scene. And uh, he's like, why don't you go outside and start questioning people? And he, like points the flashlight at him like are you fucking nuts yeah and he goes out and doesn't then right afterwards he's look i've done the street beat shit for a lot of fucking years i am a detective just as you and i was like all right you're setting him in place but like the i'm not saying like brad pitt's horrible in this movie but it's like where he's like shaving his chest for the microphone he's like if you cut a nipple off we'll be covered <laughs> it's like oh god please <laughs> like but other than that, he's actually pretty goddamn good in this movie. It's yeah. just, it's when he does his little one-lines that I'm just like, eh. I don't know. I mean, this was like the beginning of his relationship with David Fincher, because later he would go on to do like Fight Club Benjamin and stuff like Button. that. Oh, Benjamin Button. Yeah. David Fincher's awesome, by yeah. the way. I mean, he, he came from the music video world. He was a, he was a, he was a neighbor to George Lucas, mm-hmm. and he worked as an AD on Return of the Jedi. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's he, fucking cool. He, 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 I mean, being in your 20s and you're working on Jedi, I mean, God <laughs> dang, dude. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> no shit. So this guy had, like, you know, chops. He had, obviously, you know, natural-born instincts for getting opportunities that would grow him to the director he is today. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, he has a style that was really welcome in the film time because... Uh, what also I was taken by is in this film, Andrew Kevin Walker did the screenplay. Before he did this, he did a 1994 film that I, I fucking love and adore. I can't wait till we do a, a review episode of uh, It's called Brain Scan, uh, Brain Scan with Edward Furlong. Oh, fuck yeah. It's a good movie. So this guy wrote that. And then the next year, he writes Hideaway with Jeremy Sisto and Jeff Goldblum. It was based on a Dean Koontz film. Yeah, I haven't seen that Also one. good. And I think Alicia Silverstone comes on it too. But then he does Seven. I know, I know. I was like, this guy just had the right couple of years with the right projects. Because, I mean, after that, he really didn't do much until uh, 99. He did 8mm and Sleepy Hollow. Dude, 8mm was gnarly. And he did the screenplay for that. I was like, dude, 8mm was fucking gorgeous. Yeah, that was a great fucking film. That's another fucking thriller horror thing. Like, every now and then you'll find Nicolas Cage in a good movie. Yeah. (laughs) When you do, it's a great fucking movie. And Joaquin Phoenix was just, like, awesome. Oh, yeah, he was awesome in that. James Gandolfini was awesome in that. Uh... The uh, Peter Stormare. Yeah. Stormare. <laughs> I always forget his name. Hey, machine. What the fuck is this? A million dollars? <laughs> he plays such a pilled out pimp. So oh, great. Dude. I love when he shoots the crossbow. He's like, action. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, awesome. Oh, man. I didn't know that guy wrote wrote seven. That's, yeah, dude. I mean, and then right after he did Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Oh, I see. That's a Tim Burton film. I actually dig. A lot I dig of people hate on it, but I, I love the what Tim Burton was able to capture, and even the the writer's take on Sleepy Hollow. I thought was just like uh, fun. I yeah, mean, like folklore, fairy tale, uh, forensics guy. It was awesome, dude. Yeah, I liked how they they incorporated that. Like as he's like using those glasses to zoom up on the wound and shit. Like <laughs> he had like a he hated the sight of blood. <laughs> 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 he pulls the fucking thing open. And, 
Bug crawls out and he's all. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was a headless horseman. <laughs> oh, this, it was a horseman. He was headless. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. And Christina Ricci was just fucking god. Yeah, she was great in that movie. Like that movie was solid. A lot of people didn't like it, but oh. Christopher Walken as the headless horseman. Yeah, yeah. Like no lines, just yeah. he just snarl the whole fucking filed thing. down teeth. Oh, that's awesome. Fucking cool. But uh, yeah, David Fincher, like uh, right before he got into this movie, he did a movie that I love, but God, people of the series just despises Aliens 3. Yeah. I really like it. The CG usage sucks, but the storyline's intriguing. And I really dug the prison state. I mean, it was, it was totally, like you said, it was a whole step away from Aliens, mm-hmm. what we were expecting. But man, that prison planet was just... It's cool as shit. It's fucking... Awesome. Like a chick lands on a prison full of rapists and murderers. I love that, dude. I love when she like talks to the like educated black guy and he's like, you don't want to know me, lady. I'm a murderer and rapist of women. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Like, so she shaves her head to get all fucking and yeah, be one of the guys. Them, yeah. It was, it was a great, I love that movie. Well, I don't I love know it. why people hated it. Yeah. Because it was like, I saw it as a return to the original where it's just like one alien. Thank you. One thing. That's it. Yeah, James. Everybody thought another James Cameron film was going to happen. It's like, yeah. come on. I mean, I, what pissed me off is they did kill Michael Bean's character the way he did. Right. And I thought that would have been a. It would have aided. And Newt after yeah. everything she did, yeah. went through. Oh yeah. But I mean, that's the point. Is they shouldn't have made him so disposable. I guess that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, you didn't even see their deaths. It's just like, yeah. oh, their bodies are in the capsules. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well. But other than that, like the look of that film. And it did moderate success. I remember the commercials for Alien 3. I, I like, love this style. Yeah, it, The guy was even doing Aliens 3. But then they, they gave him the job to do 7. And yeah. oh my God, this movie. I think this movie set the precedent for the rest of his career. Because his movies are home runs. Fuck Every yeah, one of them. He has, like, he doesn't. I mean, I, I can't pick one out. Maybe Benjamin Button wasn't the thing I wanted. But it was still a great movie. It was like mm-hmm. Forrest Gump with, like, you know, this thing happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, dude. I mean, this definitely yeah. Set it Does down. he always use the same cinematographer? I think so. I think a lot of the time he was using uh, Tak Fujimoto, who worked with a lot with uh, fuck. He worked with M Night Sh- uh, Shyamalan a lot. Oh no, he's great. Well, he's just a, <laughs> the cinematographer. I mean, this guy just has a sharp eye. If you remember what like Signs and Sixth Sense looks like, they're just yeah. every frame's like a fucking beautiful piece. I don't know. I just I love Tak Fujimoto. He uses on this movie. He uses a. Uh... Darius Konji, I think that's how you say his last name. But uh, uh, yeah, he did this. He it's did, like Dean Kundi's uh, alias. <laughs> he did Ninth Gate, that, that show. Oh, that's exquisite. Yeah, he did uh, Panic Room, The Beach, In Dreams. Uh, the Beach is beautiful. As one of the few fucking films, like Leonardo DiCaprio, I think is like just knocked out of the part in that film. Really, I just watched The Beach not too long ago, and that movie's fun. What's fun neat? as hell. Uh, Alex Garland. Uh, he wrote The Beach, but he's also the writer of 28 Days Later, and he just recently wrote and directed Ex Machina. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that that's movie. fucking great. That movie was fucking gnarly. And I can't wait to see his next film. It sounds like it's going to be really fucking For cool. our listeners that haven't seen Ex Machina, watch that. It, yeah. It's, I know we're a horror podcast, but let's be realistic. We all go outside the realm of horror. I mean, yeah. You can't just have horror 24 hours a day. No, there's so much more. There it really is. And for Jeff, Spider-Man 1 through 3 is where he goes to. Every day. Every day. <laughs> like clockwork. <laughs> Never um, know when you're ready to go to hell. 
until after you watch Spark 3. I think the only person that watches uh, horror consecutively is probably Aaron. Yeah. Like, that and WWE. Wrestling. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that's his, like, mantra. WWE, horror. And Ralph is comic books and horror, so. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I watch everything. Me I mean, too. anything and everything. Yeah, that Ex Machina is an absolute must-watch. It's super thought-provoking. Yeah. Is AI a good idea? And we are on the realm of that right now, so it's like... Yeah, it's border... Oh, man. I mean, the film was exactly what I wanted, and the ending was exactly something I didn't see coming, and it was beautiful. Right? I thought it would turn out to be like love between... And it was awesome. Fuck no. no. <laughs> I'm using my intelligence. To... What we've created is something more, yeah. and she, she knows she's more. It's weird to think that that's where the rate the human race is going like yeah. is that the next step of evolution is ai and and humans are going to become obsolete well, like that that movie kind of it doesn't show a lot of that but yeah. it's the thought of it it's it's a subtext uh johnny depp did a movie recently and it was with willie feiser who was a cinematographer for a lot of christopher nolan films it was called transparent or something like that or i've transcendent transcendence yeah yeah and i thought that was going to be fucking amazing because i love the idea of like you know this guy was working on uploading his brain to live forever that kind of shit was just like interesting to me i was like well that's a great fucking idea for a film and when i watched it i was like this is like contact with bullshit yeah it wasn't executed very well i remember i was so stoked to see that and then i looked at the reviews and it was like a 32 percent i was just like it's not batman versus superman (laughs) i mean it was it was photographed well it was filmed well but uh yeah the story was wasn't there for me no, yeah, but going getting back to seven, uh, fuck man. If people haven't seen this movie, we are going to spoil the show of it. You can't. Yeah, we're going to spoil the fuck. You have out. to. And uh, God, it it has one of the best. This is like one of the the movies that I can remember. Like this ending being so twisted, and it was just like it blew my fucking mind. The, I, and I always wondered what was in the box because I was young. I, I was, oh yeah, is it? What is it? <laughs> like, <laughs> Ugh. Um, what I loved is the investigation, finding the bodies. Here's envy. Mm-hmm. Here's gluttony, wrath, finding the girl. That's envy. All these, all these little pickups. Especially the one that was like the most fucked up to see was the, uh, the lust. Yeah, the hooker. The oh, lust. Fuck. Just seeing, just seeing that flash of that Polaroid where the guy's wearing, or it's like it's the guy. They go to the dildo shop and they. <laughs> They, they, he shows a, yeah, and he shows the. <laughs> I don't call them S and M shops, okay? I just call them dildo shops. Jesus! <laughs> but he shows that fucking flash of the Polaroid with like a fucking twelve inch dong with like a fucking twelve inch blade on it or some yeah. shit. And I was just like, Geez. it's like a leather suit where the dick's a, a knife, Fuck. a serrated knife at that. He, and made, it's just like, he made me worried. Yeah, and I was like, oh god, dude, that guy is in another movie. Like I, oh, always, I get shit. him fucked up with Ray Park or Ray, uh, Ray uh, Park, yeah, the guy who did Darth Maul. Exactly. I know, just just they like, look identical. Like that, that's fucking Toad. <laughs> but I remember seeing this guy in a movie called Very Bad Things. Oh, okay. And he was real neurotic in that. And <laughs> it was like, this guy fucking is an intense actor, man. Like, he, he, he had a gun uh, to my head. <laughs> that's the one with Christian Slater. Very Bad Things. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they when fucking they kill the Vegas? hooker and yeah. shit. God, when she gets a coat rack to the back. Oh, great, great fucking, fucking film. <laughs> like, if you, if you don't like movies where it's just constant arguing dialogue, yeah. you're going to hate that movie. But no. I, I love, awesome. we talked about this at Texas Friday Marrow. Uh, we, we I love those big ensemble films mm-hmm. where it's like Clue or something like that, where it's just like a big, large group of actors and they just have these intense fucking scenes. It's, yeah. And that's that's probably one of the best ones. Yeah. Even there's even one that is called Big Trouble with Tim Allen, and they're like driving to an airport with a bomb, and they got this cop who's played by the guy who plays the Tick, 
it's an all balls to the wall fucking weirdo comedy, but it's like, you know, fun. Yeah. Dude. But yeah, dude, that dude. Very bad. Yeah. I mean, he always like the scene itself is like this scene used to make me super uncomfortable, not just because the subject, but the red lights, the strobing going off, the guy oh, yeah. sitting in the corner, ah, you know, freaking out. The hooker on the bed just gutted. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Through the hoo ha. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's uh, it it was like, and then I love that creepy fucking dude who's the booth, who's like, people bring suitcases in here all the time. Some people bring baseball bat, like some bring them. That's some not, don't take. That's them. Not my job. I don't care. Yeah, it was fucking just like, sick bastard. They got, yeah, because that was uh when they find sloth. Mm-hmm. God, that guy with the pine trees all over in the fucking room, and they're like, how long has the body been dead in the fucking bed? Fuck. Oh, dude, that. That made was, me leap out of my fucking seat when he coughed. I love that scene because there was just so much setup without you even seeing what was on the bed that they were looking at. Yeah. And then when it goes, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's alive. I mean, this thing looks like a rotted two year fucking corpse. Yeah, like like, the, the, the zombies, the walkers and Walking Dead look better than this guy. For real. Like, <laughs> it's like, and then they. They get him to the hospital, and the guy's like... We found Imhotep. (laughs) When can we talk to him? And he's like, if I shine a light in this guy's eyes, he'll fucking die of shock. Yeah. He chewed off his own tongue, like... Oh, like, he put people through such agony. I love the lawyer, because it's like a pound of flesh. pound of flesh, flesh, yeah. pound of gold or whatever. It's like, fuck, like, this movie's... greed, uh, yeah. Yeah, greed. Uh, So this guy's enacting the, the seven deadly sins... And what's amazing is that, I mean, you've yet to be revealed to the killer. I mean, they're just on a hunt that they're not hunting anything. They're just finding the corpses. They're not really doing a good job of anything. And it comes to, down to, like, I think it's what uh, Morgan Freeman having to, like, use a secret fucking in to, like, fucking find the red flags on the library card shit. Yeah, he contacts an FBI contact. There you go. And uh, it gives him, like, 50 bucks to feed him some info. And, uh... They wind up at the right door and they're knocking and and this figure appears in the hallway. Oh, he sees a hat in yeah, a trench coat. Yeah, he sees a hat in a trench coat. And the, the, you, yeah, you see him look at him and then he puts his head down and starts walking and then just bam, pops bah, a gun bah, up and starts bah, shooting bah, at him. And then it leads to one of the coolest chase scenes with Brad Pitt. It's oh, intense as shit. Um, what was interesting about that car chase scene, there's a scene where he's like running along the cars in the rain. <laughs> uh, he really, when they were filming that, he did slide. And his arm went through the the back windshield thing, and he actually cut his fucking arm up oh, really shit. fucking bad, like to the point where like they thought he cut like a main artery or some shit. So if you notice after that part of the scene of the film, the rest of the time he has his arm tucked in his jacket. The whole I time. always wondered if like that was from like when John Doe hit him with a, a the thing, the yeah. crowbar. But I think they play it to the crowbar injury. But yeah, dude, the whole he's all the scenes, sling, yeah, know. he's in a sling because yeah, his fucking arm got like fucked. That's crazy. I remember they reported that on, like, MTV News or Entertainment Tonight that, like, Brad Pitt has been injured in the making of this fucking I film. I do remember an injury uh, happening during that because I remember they did an interview, like you are saying, on Entertainment Tonight, and Brad Pitt was like, yeah, it was just slippery and, you know, water and car moving vehicles and what. Hey, props to doing your own stunt, No dude. shit, like, dude. I mean, that's, the fucking scene looks great. I mean, it's fucking awesome. I mean, he looks intense to run after that motherfucker because, I mean, it's the first time you come across him. Yeah, I love that he fucking goes into the alleyway and there's just a dump truck, and it's like... What's gonna happen, dude? I love when he loses him. He gets away. All that shit happens. He's laying there. He's looking at the guy that he fucking points. No. He just fucking 
gun puts up and she runs away. And Morgan Freeman, they go back to the fucking room and he's like, We got to wait for a warrant. <laughs> just like kicks it's the like, fucking door down. Think about how we got here. I can't tell anybody about this. It's like we got probable cause. No, how did we get here? He I can't 50. tell people how to get here. Yeah. He kicks the door and he's like, Do you got any money? They get like this homeless chick. She's like, Yeah, I seen a real creepy motherfucker walking around here. <laughs> he's all uh, carrying knives and shit. And he's like, All right, all right, go buy some food. Like, do you get that? Okay. <laughs> all right, just write that down. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it's cool, man. But when they go into his, 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 apartment god damn it's fucking morbid man it's all black lit. like this is the shit i'm talking about when you go inside of places it's so underlit you can't tell what you're looking at but at the same time it registers that's the man the cinematographer work but also like the set design oh dude yeah the I walls mean, in that place shit. how they had the like like a dark green wallpaper oh, in every dude. room i just remember the the, the notebooks oh yeah he's <laughs> like this man's jotted his this is like 300 pages, and he's got 100 of these, and Four, it's front all and back. his thoughts. He's like, we're not dealing with an idiot. And it's like, let it's me like, read you an entry. I met I, a man on a subway today. He wanted oh, yeah. to do small talk. He, he was asking me about the weather, trying to be pleasant. I threw up on him. Yeah. He was not pleased. <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. But, uh, yeah, dude, like, this killer is, I don't know how to put it into words but he's just so we hadn't methodical. seen anything like yeah him. this yeah. was original man yeah and like so they go into the police station and all of a sudden you hear this see this person walking up going detective and they're morgan freeman brad pitt are talking to each yeah, other like, detective i mean he's in the middle of a police station they turn around and he's like you're looking for me he's just covered in blood it's like Fuck! Get down, get down on the fucking ground! Get down the ground! It's Kevin Spacey. It's like, whoa! His fingers are all bloody. Yeah, every fingertips. He's fucking great, dude. I love the idea that he never gave himself a persona, a name. Yeah, he's just John Doe. I'm John Doe, and like you, all you know of him is his legacy. That's all he left you—the notebooks, everything. Mm -hmm. It was his manifesto. He was like. The Joker, pretty much, yeah. into it. And how he speaks is great. Like, oh, he's yeah. just like, who I am is in, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It's what I am, it's what, what I'm I doing. Am. My work, it'll be studied and thought of for years. Yeah. Like, delusions of grandeur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, delusions of grandeur. I love the fucking way. I love that car ride oh, yeah, between dude. them. And, and so he turns himself in, but he tells him, you know, when they're interviewing him, he says there's still one body. So he has his lawyer actually tell him this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the lawyer's like, look, he still has one more body, but he wants to take only you two, and only you two and him can go. And if not, he will go to the paper saying how the police department doesn't care to find the other bodies. And he's like, fuck him. We got him down here. He's got cable TV. He gets lunch and dinner. He's got a cot. That's more than my fucking wife has. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, uh, yeah, they agree to it. Re- yeah, they twist their fucking arm, yeah. Like, Brad Pitt's all about it, but you can see Morgan Freeman. He just knows like, that. Cockster's up to something. No, we shouldn't do this. And Man, so they got this beautiful shot. You get helicopter shots on that stuff because they got full-on SWAT following the cop car into the middle of nowhere. All you see is power lines and fucking sand and desert. And it's just this long drive, like, like Nate was talking about. It's just this beautiful dialogue scene inside and out, back and forth. And, uh... 
He goes, okay, and this is the place. And they get out and they walk out into the sand. They're looking around like, what the fuck? This is a goddamn goose chase. This is a dead dog. (laughs) I didn't do that. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) But then you see a DHL truck pull up. And you see a guy get out with a box, and he starts walking out to the sand and all that stuff. But no, they they jump him, they jump him out there, and uh, yeah, Brad Pitt stays with him, and Morgan Freeman runs up on this DHL yeah. driver. They take him down. And I forgot that part. He's like, yeah. "Hey, man, the guy paid me five hundred bucks to be here exactly at six o'clock." And he's yeah. like, "Show it to me." And gives him a little box, and he thinks it's a bum. It might be something that's gonna kill everybody. Oh, and and Morgan Freeman's had that knife throughout the whole fucking film. He takes it out and he cuts the box open. He looks in, and you don't really see anything. All you see is a look in Freeman's face, and it's just priceless. You notice there's blood on the box. Yeah, it went on the inside flaps, and you see like kind of hair blowing. But you don't know what the fuck it is at all. Yeah. Well, you speculate, of course, and you know that Brad Pitt has this beautiful wife, Gwyneth Paltrow, and she confided into Morgan Freeman and. She's pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah. I love the whole time that Morgan Freeman, he's like, Morgan Freeman runs off and John Doe's just like, ah, oh, I never thought we'd get a chance alone. There he goes. <laughs> I envy you. I envy everything about you. Do you hear what I'm saying to you, detective? Shut I up. You. Shut the fuck up. And your pretty wife. What'd you fucking say? Your pretty wife, Tracy. Shut the fuck up. Shut I, the fuck up. I tried to play daddy. I came home. She wasn't too happy. I was just like, wow. <laughs> and Morgan Freeman's running back. Mel, throw your gun down. Like, fucking Drop the nuts. gun, Mel. Drop it. Oh, man. I love that shit, dude. Yeah, it is intense yeah. fucking What was scene, in the dude. box? Wow. Uh, what's in the box? Yeah, just throw your gun away. What's <laughs> in the fucking box? <laughs> I love that Morgan Freeman he throws, throws his, his gun. gun. He's <laughs> like, I don't want to do it either. He's like, if you kill him, he wins. Ah, oh, what's in the box? Become wrath. He just told you. Oh shit! Yeah, he tells him to become wrath. It was just like, oh man, that fucking every hair in my body just tingled up. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you goddamn murderous bitch! And then Morgan Freeman Genius. tells Brad Pitt, he's like, look, if you kill him, he wins. Yeah. And Brad Pitt, you can see he's just conflicted as fuck. And you see that moment, he just gets silent, and makes up his mind. Yeah, but it, the part that really where he got dead set was when he was like, she begged for her life, and the life inside her. And Morgan Freeman's like, shut up, and backhands him. And he just turns his back. And he looks, and Brad Pitt's like welling up, like confused. And he's like, oh, you knew? He didn't know. <laughs> like, God. Oops. <laughs> God damn. So Brad Pitt, of course, just boom, blasts his pop, fucking pop, brains, pop. dude. And fucking, I love the helicopter because it, it zooms out to the where the helicopter guys are. And he's like, Jesus fucking Christ, he just shot him. God damn. <laughs> so. The end of the film is fucking Brad Pitt's in, in his he's, cop he's car. In, he's yeah, going he's to prison. Incarcerated now. Like you just killed an unarmed man. Everybody witnessed it. Fuck. You became wrath. Badass, dude. Dude, that was ingenious. So badass. Like this movie, uh if you haven't seen it, it's one of my no. one of my favorites. I love yeah. watching this movie. If there's ever a crime thriller horror thing that just meshed the genre so perfectly, it was this film. I remember when they came out with the special DVD and it oh, was the yeah. notebook. Yes. And you open it up and it had like the drawings and pictures and shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, they actually hired like a team of like fucking 20 people to actually write all those oh, books. Yeah. I remember that's in the commentary and the bonus feature and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, another thing is uh, that's not the original ending. Uh, the studio was pissed about that ending. So they made Fincher reshoot it. 
And uh, what it was was Somerset kills him and goes, I'm I'm retiring. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the studio was like, yes, that's a better ending. And thankfully, audiences were like, fuck that. And David Fincher was like, no, no. I'm going to put my ending on here. And there was, actually, there was like five or six different endings to it. I mean, I love the idea that Somerset possibly Avion. I'm thinking he didn't. I mean, it kind of leaves it open-ended where he's still telling his story. That he kind of probably said, fuck it, I'm going to stay a cop. I don't think he would abandon his post and, like, you know. Yeah, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. Yeah. I agree with the second part. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah, Fuck dude. yeah, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, it, this movie is a fucking roller coaster. It's not even a roller coaster. It'll put you in the stratosphere and keep you there, man. Yeah. While you're oxygen deprived, like you were just oh, waiting and breathing in t- anticipation. It's crazy. And I love this soundtrack. It was so, uh, I don't know, it was like robotic and industrial. Coil. Reznor, yeah. right? He did, he did the opening sequence, but I think the rest was like, I don't know who it was composed, but I just remember that soundtrack standing out in my mind and being like really unique or fun. Because it was like really just. It's Howard Shore. Oh, wow. Yeah, Howard Shore. He does a lot of Cronenberg shit. I mean, he did Naked Lunch, The Fly. I mean, he's always worked with Cronenberg, so. He has his uh, finger on the pulse of like capturing some truly unique things. Yeah, he's done some good shit, man. I mean, he, uh, he did all the uh, Lord of the Rings films. I mean, he's Science of Lambs. Shit, there you go. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of what I take this as is like next level Science of Lambs because what what the bar was raised by Demi. This guy just fucking. I didn't know he did the score for Ed Wood. Sweet. That's one of my favorite fucking movies, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Because they use the theremin. <laughs> like, it's, it's a weird electronic instrument. That I was a beautiful do. film. But he uh, uh, <clears throat> did also the game right after this, David Fincher's next film. And when I couldn't think there could be anything better than Seven, David Fincher did the game. And when I saw it in theaters, I didn't know what to expect. The trailer played, touched. It was such a chaotic thing with Michael Douglas. It looked fun. And when I got to sit down and watch it, I was just like, Oh, that was a, I was in all of that fucking film. It's so weird because I show people that movie and they don't like it. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. That movie is awesome, dude. That movie is amazing. That is a, that is a cat and mouse game all day. They're cat and mouse movie. So Yeah, so was Seven. I mean, that was it. just awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody was expecting more horror from Fincher, and he was like, went totally oh, to... Dude. I mean, he went to suspense, but then he went to Fight Club, and then he went fucking... Uh, panic room. Yeah. I love this dude's movies. He's one of my favorite directors. Yeah. Like probably top five favorite directors. Yeah. I'm sorry, the game was amazing. That was like the mm. bre- best birthday gift on earth. <laughs> right. Oh my god. God, because that scene where like Sean Penn walks out of there, bah! I was like, oh god. I was like, Jesus. I know, we, right? We caps him on the phone. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's that's just an amazing film. And then he jumps off the building and then they have a shirt for him. They're like, ha ha. He's oh, like, oh man. <laughs> like, like they put him to the point where like he did with his fo- oh that's just beautiful I love where he woke up in the crypt in oh, Mexico yeah, dude that was awesome <laughs> broke the whole dude. nine yards that was great if you haven't seen the game fucking watch the game yeah obviously. the game's magical right, hopefully we'll review that at some uh, point Fight Club's magic uh, Panic Room man just remember seeing Dwight Yoakam as Chico let's <laughs> <laughs> call me Chico I was like oh shit this is awesome he was the worst uh, it was like uh, was it, uh, Dwight Yoakam uh, Jared Leto and I think John Leguizamo I mean they were all in there <laughs> trying to get in there uh, what's his name Forrest Whitaker oh dude yeah, he's uh, oh, yeah, it was Forrest Whitaker. What does he tell him to call? Raul? Raul, there you <laughs> go, not Chico. 
Call me Rello. You're a bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Leto, man. He was fucking hilarious in that film. Dude, yeah. Jared Leto, like, that's actually a, one of the first films I saw of his. That I was like, all right, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. Like, he's not just a pretty face. Yeah, he got his ass beat in Fight Club. But... And then I saw Requiem for a Dream. I was just like, yeah, this motherfucker can act. <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't know uh, David Fincher's work, uh, older work, maybe you'll know, like, Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Gone Girl, Social Network. Those are like his newer ones. Yeah. He took quite a, almost like a like six-year break. Yeah. Like Zodiac. Uh, oh, man. Zodiac is probably, I, when I sat down and watched it, I was just amazed that somebody was able to do what they did. Justice. Yeah. Like, that movie is awesome. It he follows took, it well. They took the right angle. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Fucking following through the newspaper's eyes and all that stuff and the writers and stuff that was that was beautiful yeah i like how they did each town vallejo fucking you know fincher's had his hand on the pulse of uh filmmaking for so long because i think that was one of the first films to be shot totally digital Mm -hmm. and he did such an exquisite job with it i mean they showed the guy like doing editing based stuff on like mac pros and stuff because he was just like you know he was doing it he was Lucas had introduced us to it, and he just grabbed the reins, and he took it. I mean, Michael Mann, I think he first did it kind of with uh, Public Enemies. Mm-hmm. But before that, he kind of meshed 35mm and digital with Collateral. And Collateral's oh, yeah. just... You're correct. Collateral's gorgeous. Gorgeous. I, uh, Michael Mann's another one of my favorite directors. I wish Ditto. we did more than just horror reviews, because, oh, my God, I'd love to oh, go I love to that library. About he, oh, we should just go through Michael Mann's discography. Dude, everything that dude's done, I fucking sorry. love. Like... I have every single Michael Mann movie except the uh, the last one with fucking Hemsworth. No, 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 the Nazi zombie like his first film. Oh, okay. Uh, you remember that? No. Fuck what? Uh, but the one I, I was referring to is. Did you see that one about the hacker guy, Black Hat? Yeah. Okay. I didn't like that one that much. Ah, uh, it was forgettable. Yeah. But, um, nonetheless, nah, yeah, nonetheless <laughs> it's always been his. Like, Michael Mann, his stories will either be, like, kind of, err. Oh, uh, dude, like, Heat. Oh, oh, Heat is fucking amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if films were supposed to go that right. You know what I mean? Like It was perfect, dude. He just had, like, it was like, the it was like somebody actually made a graphic novel into a film. Because it really reminded me of, like, everything. Like, from, like, uh, Brian, as I forget, his, right, the guy does uh, 100 Bullets uh, mm-hmm. comic book. It was just a mixture of a lot of things I was reading back then. <clears throat> and he just, I mean, he's just awesome. That Michael Mann movie's called The Keep. The Keep. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That, that was just on Netflix the other, uh, I just watched yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, it was up for like two months and yeah. then they took it off. I was dude, like, yeah. fuck. I got to watch it in HD on Netflix. And I was like, me and my buddy uh, Elric were talking about that because we were like, what the fuck is with this film? It's just like that goddamn great. It's so unique because, I mean, uh, fucking Magneto guy, Magneto, he's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ian McKellen. And then, uh, uh Jordan Proc now from Das Boot. He's in there. I mean, God, I mean, they had a really fucking fun cast. And and if you guys don't recognize Michael Mann, uh, he kind of did the first rendition of Red Dragon. Manhunter. Uh, Manhunter before Silence of the Lambs. And that's about to be released on uh, uh, Screen Factory. So we're about to do really? a good two-disc release of it. Dude, Manhunter's a cool fucking movie. Like, I dug the shit out of it. I don't like the short purple shorts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's the 80s let's, yeah. let's get over it but uh yeah i mean i mean brian cox did a fun lector he did i mean that role always will uh be anthony 
Hopkins to me, but yeah, Mad Mick, Mads Mickelson for me. Yeah, dude. Okay, yeah. I'm I mean, sorry. I'm talking f- yeah, film. Film, film. Yeah, film. Yeah, I agree with you. But yeah, Mads fucking tore that God. shit up. I think I think if it was just Silence of the Lambs, I'd be totally uh, Anthony Hopkins. But yeah. with Tony doing Hannibal, Hannibal, I was a disappointment. I, I I mean, I love seeing Gary Oldman play the fucking rich guy that gets. I mean, I I like just seeing Gary Oldman play that character, Cordell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love seeing those scenes, man. That's why I thought it was cool. Then they had Michael Pitt come in uh, into Hannibal in the TV series and play, uh, I forget the name of the character, but he's all fucked up, and it was awesome, dude. That movie should have been really good, but Jodie Foster just, she, yeah, the character's not right, and I'm not going to portray somebody like that. Like, Clarice Starling was such a strong woman, and then they kind of just make her like a little bitch. When they cast Julianne Moore, I was just not interested in the film. Yeah. Even that whole fucking beginning scene when like she's trying to save the baby from the AIDS lady. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And I saw that in theaters and I was like, Yeah. The one I saw in theaters that I was just like, I enjoyed more than I think anybody I've ever met was uh like I have I meet people and they they I talk about Hannibal Rising and everybody just fucking hates it. I enjoyed the shit out of Hannibal Rising because I just thought it was it was so disconnected that I appreciated it. Yeah. Um I have not finished that. It's on my computer. I keep deleting it, and then I'll be like, oh, Hannibal Rising. I'm going to watch that, and then I'll download it, and then I'll delete it, and I just never can get into it. Probably because I can't find a good Copy torrent. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a fucking 500 megabyte, like yeah, 240p. Yeah. It's like Turkish DVD. <laughs> real. Um, what I liked about it, it was really just a feature-length origin for Hannibal, and I thought it was a really neat way to do it. They totally cast it as an actor that was just gung-ho to kind of have tony's look but just do mm-hmm. similar justice to it i guess for me so i mean like i guess going back to seven uh if you haven't seen it you should change that yeah go, go ahead and give some final thoughts we'll we'll get into um, another short movie I, I guess final thoughts on that would just definitely just be uh man you don't get better films like i mean if you love crime like lethal weapon and stuff like that, where it's just two partners trying to like track down the big bad. This is probably one of the top crime films. If you like thrillers where you're on your edge of your seat, this has that too. And if you like horrific, fucking demented, like really saw kind of stuff, this has it too. This is probably one of the best all round, well directed, well written, well acted fucking films. Uh, set design, sound design, cinematographer. I mean, final thoughts it's like, man, this is like echelon kind of top level fucking filmmaking and this film had it all and i was glad to see it in theaters because now you'd have to bend over and hope alamo draft house pulls it out to see it again on 35 millimeter in your you know, local theater but thank god we can watch it on 1080p if you go buy the blu-ray and enjoy it in your own home with your super badass super surround sound but yeah the theater experience is really unique i was glad to watch that yeah if alamo ever brings a theater setting to it i would go i think 100%. i'd be tempted i think that and like creep show i think i would fuck yeah yeah so i guess for me uh like jeff said this has everything you want it has thrills it has action it has great fucking script writing is just so on point all the dialogue's good yeah i get brad pitt some shit every now and then but uh arlie ermy's in this movie as the captain and it's like it's just there's so many good people in this film that don't even 
we didn't even talk about. Yeah. But the setups, the dialogue, the acting, the cinematography, the directing, the editing, the music, everything is fucking perfect in this movie. I can't honestly think of one fucking scene that was like, oh, that's hokey. No, this movie's fucking great. Yeah. Like where they take a big painting off the wall and fucking, oh, that painting's upside down. It's one of those abstract arts and, oh, the painting's upside down. They take it off and it's fingerprinted. Help me. Yeah. Fucking help me. Let's make more movies like this because yeah. this is top notch. It's a absolute must watch, absolute must buy. And um, what, definitely a must buy for me too. Um, what's amazing that it was, you always see things get copied. And this one didn't really have too many copies. I mean, there was a movie that was called Animorph that came out in 2007 with Willem Dafoe. Very good. I definitely recommend that. Same thing, crime horror thriller. And another movie with uh, Christian Lambert called Resurrection that came out in 1999. Also very good. Uh, I mean, those two films, I, I would put, if you like Seven, watch those two films because they are in similar tastes and equally... You know they're they're below it, but they're equal to like really good. Well, another that. one to add on to that is the Hugh Jackman Prisoners. Oh yeah, that movie's Fuck, fucking dude. great. I even thought that was a David Fincher film. Oh, how well man. it shot! Like that was fucking beautiful. I don't know. I don't know too much. I'm not even going to bother looking it up. But I don't know too much of who directed. I, Jeff recommended it to me. I watched it and I fucking love that movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd throw that in the category with it. Definitely. Um, so yeah, there you go. A fucking buys, recommends, fucking watch seven. Definitely. So um I don't know. Do we got time to do one more? Where are we sitting at? Forty one minutes. Forty one minutes. Yeah, let's throw a short short little review. Another one. We we talked about things being copied from seven. And another one that sticks out from us is uh <laughs> it's a unique <laughs> one, people. All right. It's different. <laughs> it's in the I forget what year it came out. It was a. Uh, uh, 95, same year. Wow, 95. We got a fucking film with uh, the other woman we were just talking about, Sigourney Weaver. She stars as an agoraphobic woman who will not leave that house or apartment, I'm sorry, for anything. Uh, before this, she was a doctor or prosecutor? She was a, a criminal profiler. Gotcha. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And the film is called Copycat. I mean, what... I think when I saw this, it was definitely a VHS release. You know, it was like maybe DVD. Yeah. Probably DVD. I don't know. But I remember renting it. It looked really good in theaters. Has never got a chance to go see it. But when I sat down and watched it, man. I mean, I think the only, this is pretty much the first time Harry Connick Jr. had did a role. Even though he's just in there for like the first five minutes. He plays a real... I think it's the second. Uh, uh, I think... Was it Independence Day first? No, Little Man Tate. Little Man Tate. Fuck, dude. Played a college guy. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually listened to Harry Connick Jr. in the like early 90s. A little bit of me. Yeah. And I'm like, I, fuck, I, like. I love like uh, show tunes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even like... I can't push a button fast enough for that one, dude. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Uh, no, man. Like, uh, uh, some... I grew up as a pianist, so like yeah. So you had that, a feel for that kind yeah, of yeah, like dude. that music to me, like that big band sound yeah. kind of. Oh, Fiona Apple. Hidden. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're listening to, but you better turn that down now. 
Hell no. <laughs> Fiona Apple. That's like a, just a heroin addict in a room. <laughs> that was sloth. Yeah. <laughs> I was more Lisa Loeb. <laughs> no, but, uh... Oh, oh yeah. shit. All right. I'll get on with it. Um, no, man. Uh, Harry Conk Jr., like, I remember listening to his music before I saw him in Little Man Tate. In Little Man Tate, he was like my favorite part of that fucking movie. Throws the globe at the uh, hippie rally and hits Little Man Tate in the head, and like he becomes his buddy. And he's Jodie just, Foster was in that, right? Yeah, she was the mom. Like, I was like, I'm like, was the, the movie's coming back because, like, yeah, he was all super fucking chess guy and all that shit, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a genius. Like yeah. when they play pool, he could see the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, have, yeah. You know, the the whatever you want to call it, fucking trigonometry of how pool should work. Now I remember, but uh, the movie's great. It's it's. It's a thinker and stinker for some, but whatever. Fuck you. I remember that guy <laughs> from Numbers being in it. Dude, the, the kid with the big yeah, bro. Yeah, dude, that was hilarious. They're doing that fucking really hard problem. Like the kids just there, like in the days, like 60. 17. <laughs> what? Who said that? <laughs> I loved it. He was the math magician. He always <laughs> yeah. wore the cape. His cape would always get stuck in every car door that he fucking rode in. That's awesome. And he went off to go do numbers. Yeah, but uh, smart. Uh, so Harry Conk Jr., I believe, came from that. Independence Day was 94? Six? I don't know. They're all around the same time yeah. frame, like within two to three years. Yeah, he had other. his little kick. But I remember <laughs> seeing him in the previews. Now, I saw the previews for this, but I didn't see it in theaters. But I remember Harry Conk Jr. with a chipped tooth. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck that happened to this yeah, guy he like shaved in like a week or yeah, two and he's red-haired i was yeah. like what's happening so at the beginning of this film uh, sigourney weaver's giving a lecture at a college about serial killer and how criminal profiling helps and uh she's talking about you know bundy and bianchi and i don't think she mentions jeffrey dahmer but like she mentioned like ramirez or something like that she's going over and over yeah uh, the the night stalker yeah, Night Stalker, but who is the guy? Boston Strangler. Boston Strangler, there you go. Um, but uh, she's giving this lecture, and Harry Conk Jr. is like in the audience, just giving her these creepy eyes. And, yeah. And fucking, she goes to the bathroom after the thing, and he strings her up, you know, with this. Yeah, he comes over the bathroom stall and just fucking like ropes her and pulls her the fuck up and all that shit. Yeah, he hangs her, you know, with the. Yeah, just gives her just enough to like pipe. tiptoe on the fucking yeah. toilet. And fucking a security guard comes in and he knifes him and it doesn't show how she survives it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know, it, I know it he gets. Goes from him coming up to her and cutting her buttons off and then she wakes up in a panic in her, her house. Yeah. So. She's, a, a, I think it's called agoraphobic. Yeah, agoraphobic, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, there's a new killing happening. And uh, Holly Hunter, who I just fucking oh, yeah. adore in this movie. She's, she's awesome. She's uh, asking. Oh, somebody. <laughs> what? What did you say, Holly? <laughs> I said, thank you, ma'am. How do you make thank you, ma'am sound like fuck you? <laughs> Practice. Practice. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> love it. Grace, bitch! <laughs> so there's a string of serial killings happening and Sigourney Weaver's like the person who wrote the book on criminal profiling. Yeah. So she goes to her and she just slams the door in her face. And thankfully Holly Hunter's got a, a good looking partner that appeals to Sigourney Weaver. So oh yeah. She kind of takes the case and fuck this movie just, it goes so good. It's scored by Christopher Young. Oh yeah. Who does uh, fucking Hellraiser. If you don't know people, mm -hmm. I mean, 
I don't. I don't even know. I don't know uh, too much about it. I could Dermot or Mulroney. Yeah, I could walk the whole movie through with he you. He plays but, the partner. Uh, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's so much that works in this. I mean, it, Will Patton comes out in the film. I mean, he's fucking just excellent in the movie. But the uh, the actor that plays a fucking killer, dude. I mean, uh, he comes off as like a little quirky, little nothing, you know, the whole fucking time. But then he plays that. I don't know. It was, he was good for the role. He he reminded me of uh, Judd Nelson and uh, Relentless or something like that. I mean, it was a really good take on you know the normal guy becoming you know the, the, social, the psychopath guy that was doing all the shit that was tormenting her. Yeah. Now I remember how Holly Hunter and them actually meet Sigourney Weaver. It's uh, this copycat killer is sending pictures and shit to. Sigourney Weaver's computer. Oh, okay. Remember, he yeah, hacks yeah, yeah. her computer, and she's like, this is my private computer. How does he fucking find this and shit? And that's when she contacts the police. But, uh, yeah, the guy is doing the Boston Strangler. I mean, they don't realize it until after Sigourney Weaver looks at it, and she's like, they call her, and they're like, yeah, we found two more bodies on a hillside. And she's like, is there a no dumping sign next to the bodies? And they're like, yeah, it wasn't. Oh, that's the Hillside Stranglers, and... It just keeps going and going and going. And right off the bat, Sigourney Weaver is pretty keen on it. She's like, this guy's a tech. Uh, somewhere he works at a lab. Yeah. And that's how he did the uh, Boston Strangler because the DNA in real life didn't match the killers. So they Albert she's, Salvo. I yeah, mean. she's piecing it all together. Yeah. So uh, I forget how they... Cause like his how final, they get onto him? Yeah, like his yeah. I forget like, but like his final piece is to like kill her as like the guy as Harry Connick, you know, killer. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Kind of finally put her down as like his final piece. I remember the film just playing really well. I mean, yeah, it's a two hour fucking film, and you feel like Jesus Christ. But the whole fucking time it is a good crime thriller mystery, and you know, if it's been missed, I definitely say go back and watch it because it's it's a good one. I mean. You know, like, it's in the same time frame, but it's filmed very, you know, law and order kind of fucking way. I don't think there's too many magic things. I mean, there's some fun blurs when she's trying to go outside of her apartment and get some uh, get the mail and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not a jump scare movie at all. It's a crime procedural thriller. Yeah. I guess you could categorize it as, because there's a lot of cop jargon. Yeah. I mean, but if you're, if serial killers interest you, like I used to study... Uh, serial killers not trying to be a fucking weirdo i just what people to avoid in life but, oh yeah because i mean but uh i found it cool i found this movie especially cool because like there's a scene where they're like yeah we're at a gunshot uh scene and they call sigourney weaver and she's like oh yeah well what's going on with the scene they're like it's a gold volkswagen blah 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 she's like is the Partridge family playing? She's clicking on. She's and like they turn on the tape player and it's Partridge family. She's like, it's Bundy. So it's cool. Like seeing those little throwbacks, but uh, I love in the end, the killers got her restrung up. Like, like Carrie Conk jr. Had her originally. And uh, he takes her shoe off. Everything's got to be meticulously perfect with this guy. And she's like, you're just a copycat. You're not going to be remembered. Just starts fucking doing psychology on him, and he's getting fucking furious with it. And uh, Holly Hunter gets in there and 
I forget how the ending plays. Yeah, I mean, it's but, been a while since I pl- watched. The dickhead this. dies in the end. I know that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the, the mystery and the build to all of it, it makes it really unique because, like, like it is a fun piece because the partners work really well together. Uh, Sigourney Weaver for being the the character she plays. I mean, it's really. It reminded me of Jodie Foster in Sons of the Lambs in a lot of ways. She was a great profiler, and the dialogue was sharp enough, and the scenes were always interesting enough to keep you ready to see, like, who is he going to imitate next. That's really a good uh, analogy. She does have, like, the super intelligence of Cl- Clarice Starling, but she's total opposite because she can't leave her house yeah. due to fear. And that's... It- yeah, that's a good analogy. I mean, she's a really I mean, strong woman character. And, and it's good. It's good to see a film like this because, I mean... That was back in the day when they were trying to make uh, Sleeping with the Enemy with uh, Julia Roberts. Monster, Julia Roberts. Yeah. So they were taking all these films, these strong female characters, and this is one of the better ones. I thought. I mean, Sleeping with the Enemy is good, and it's all you know, it, it, in its own right. Uh, so is Dead Calm with Nicole Kidman, which is a take on a Knife in the Water, which was directed by Roman Polanski. But there's a lot of fucking cool shit that goes on in this one. I thought was fucking genius. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's uh, not your standard horror, but it it's thriller and it's subject matter is serial killer yeah. so it, it works uh would would i put this i guess final thoughts for me would would i put this in the same realm as seven fuck no seven is a superior movie by far mm-hmm. but this one's fun yeah um is it like mind-blowing and shit like that no it's just a good watch like if it's on netflix or whatever uh it's a definitely check out but um Acting's really good. Holly Hunter is always fucking cute and quirky. Yeah, she is. She Sigourney Weaver's. I I can't think of a bad movie I've seen her in. No, there's probably some. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's got to be some. But I can't think of anything. She's always she always brings it, and I I love that about her. Uh, the Holly Hunter's cop buddy partner. He's kind of a douche. He always he. I get him confused with uh, Arquette's. For some reason, gotcha. he looks like an Arquette to me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so final thought, I would say it's a rent. It's not an avoid, but it's I wouldn't spend money on it. I'd wait for Netflix or Torrent, I, I guess, if that's an option. Gotcha. It's not a buy. If you like it, you'll end up buying it, but not super strong. I know I don't own this on DVD. I do have it in VHS somewhere in my stack of all my VHS tapes I still have. Um, it was a film that I did enjoy watching. It wasn't, it's not Seven, but the crime and mystery is there to make it really interesting. I like watching it. Uh, Dermot Mulroney's really good. I mean, I just recently saw him in some episodes of New Girl. I think season one it was on Netflix, and he, he made me laugh my ass off. He's still a funny guy. Uh, Holly Hunter, I love watching her. She's probably like one of my f- fucking, well, she's awesome in like films like uh, Home for the Holidays. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is great. Uh, Home for the Holidays, I always love because it's her with Robert Downey Jr. And again, it's a great ensemble cast and it's a fun comedy. Um, Sigourney Weaver knocks out of the part. She's the, the main thing that makes you want to watch this film. It was kind of like Sandra Bullock and Hackers. It, I mean, not Hackers, uh, The Net. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to see her play that kind of female lead character and just do an awesome job just as an actor. Um, I re- I return to it because when it does, when it doesn't feel fresh in my mind, I, I, I enjoy, you know, revisiting it. I would really appreciate just having this on Netflix because I don't think I'd run out to buy it. Maybe $5, $7 bin at Best Buy, I'd pick it up. But yeah. beyond that, I wouldn't really like, oh, I could have this in my collection. Yeah, I wouldn't do no 24 yeah. Scream Factory. 
$24 screen factory then no way yeah but yeah like a 599 deal eh, maybe if you're really looking for something that feels like 7 I really can't I can't recommend Animorph more than anything seeing Willem Dafoe track down these surrealistic body architectural pieces that the serial killer is leaving him are just fucking exquisite I mean the 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 things that this guy sets up, the serial killer does, it's it's like seven, but like on a different level because it's like it's abstract art that this guy's creating with his murders. Resurrection, you have a really religious serial killer and he's collecting pieces of different people to recreate a body of Jesus. So he'll take a limb from this girl, he'll take a torso from this homeless man, he'll take the head of this preacher that works at this church. I mean, it's, it's unique because this guy's like fucked up religious uh, psychopath. And that was one of the ones I say, hey, if you like Seven, go for these two. But if you're looking for a good mystery thriller that you maybe have not seen, definitely Copycat. Yeah, it's I, I'm not trying to sound down on it with my my final thought. It's a fucking good movie. I mean, it's a movie that's got a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes, and Roger Ebert gave it a three and a half stars out of four. So that's I mean, a lot coming from that guy. Yeah, that guy hates fucking Everything. thrillers. He was a miserable fuck. But uh, <laughs> it's a Holly Hunter's character in this is fucking great. And Sigourney Weaver teamed up on top is fucking great. It was a good mixture. And the little inner cuts that you get, not that, you know, Harry Conk Jr. is a great actor, but the little inner cuts you get with Harry Conk Jr. are fucking hilarious. He's like, he's the hillbilly. I love that. Where he's video, uh, like um, over the internet, Skyping almost, yeah. pre-Skype uh, with, with, Sigourney Weaver is like, send me some of your squirrel covers. Like <laughs> She's like, what's that? And he's like, panties. I want panties, <laughs> fresh. I want snail. It's like, what the fuck? That was awesome. <laughs> I remember that vividly. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, I would own this. But would I recommend a bunch of people to own it? Probably not. But I'd show it to people. Yeah, I'd let you borrow it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd, like, I'd show Ralph it. We were talking about serial killers for a little while, and I remember hearing bits of news about this and i have to share it um the serial killer hh H. holmes yes all right scorsese's been working with a screenwriter he wants leonardo DiCaprio to play hh H. H. Holmes. holmes if you don't know people this is about an air architect who builds a fucking hotel a, a motel that's a castle like, yeah huge the most horrific fucking if you want to know it american horror, horror story the the hotel season that was pretty much based on this it was pretty much uh a big hotel that was just like he would throw the bodies down to his dungeon and torture the fuck out of them. And just this guy basically he killed so many people in 1893 during the World's Fair. America's first serial killer. I mean, I I've been waiting for something like this to come along because you see documentaries and it's such an intriguing, unrealistic fucking idea that this happened in our history. Mm-hmm. And seeing Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio team up to bring this to fucking fruition, it would be. I would love to see that. I not keen on scorsese doing it because he's he's got a good thing for the life of new york you know he brings authentic authentic authenticated people (laughs) waiting for it authentic (laughs) (laughs) what did he win johnny (laughs) sell it when he won (laughs) oh well I guess I have to do a podcast. <laughs> no, but I, I I would like to see that more in the in the hands of like a Fincher or like a fucking um, James Wan. 
I would love to see David Fincher work with them. Yeah, David Fincher, like, uh, Scorsese brings the authentic uh, people of the area. So, like, if he does a New York film, it's it's really, like, how you feel the, the pulse of the city through his films. But this isn't a city film. This is a fucking demented motherfucker. And last time he tried that with Shutter Island, it was kind of... Yeah. A lot of people didn't like it. I, I go, love the the visual of it. But I still go back to it for some reason. I do too. It's Fuck. like, I don't know, it's like a darker Inception kind Everybody of... I know hates that movie, but I, I still watch it all the time. I'm like, it, it's. I think it's just because how beautiful it is. They yeah. really saturate the green. I liked it. I mean, I, I hated it when I walked out of the theater, but as I, like, I go back to it, it's like I need to see some of those shots. I need to see, I don't know, it was, it was fun. But so, I think people that can bring like the... I, I, another person I'd love to see take a stab at is Christopher Nolan. Nolan doing that would be great. I would sign on for that. Because but even Scorsese, because I mean, he has a good eye. I mean, he does that period well. He does, but I mean, with with Boardwalk Empire and stuff, he showed that he can capture that time really well. Well, I mean, even Gangs of New York and shit. Yeah, Gangs of New York, of course. But um, I think a director like how. Uh, Christopher Nolan thinks of it as if you've ever seen the painting, the stairs, the unleadable stairs, where it's a square, but essentially it's two different decks. And mm-hmm. where do you start? It's, it's always a puzzle. That's what the, I forget what the stairs name called, but Nolan always directs his movies with that thought in mind, make it puzzling, yeah. make people not know what's happening. Leave it ambiguous. Don't explain too much. The only real commercial movie he ever did was that Al Pacino where he couldn't. Ins- oh, Insomnia. Insomnia. It was a Swedish remake. Yeah, which wasn't bad, but. Um, it was very straightforward. Every other film of his has always been that yeah. riddle besi- besides Batman. Oh, dude. I mean, yeah, had, yeah. He had course. to follow studio principles. But man, I sat in theaters watching Memento. Oh, it's fucking gnarly. Had my mind fucking blown. Yeah. Even fucking uh, Inception. Oh, I yeah. fucking love Inception. Oh, I loved Inception. People dislike it. I'm like, dude, what do you pay for when you go to a movie? You pay for good acting and fucking visuals that will knock you on your ass. Have you ever seen a heist film happen in your mind? It's like, no, I've never seen that. Well, this motherfucker made that movie. And <laughs> you go three levels into your mind, man. God, that was like, fucking ingenious. It was cool. I, I love that movie. So I'd like to see, I, I'd like to see if somebody could mix like a Fincher style visual with uh, the architectural. Hit, hit the button again. I can't say a word. Waiting. And do you have an answer? Architectural. <laughs> Give him a prize. All right. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but with the style and how Christopher Nolan builds his films up. Yeah. Like they'll start here. You'll think something's happening. It changes. It changes. Like it's always puzzling how he does things. So I'd like to see like. A director in between those two yeah i don't know who the fuck could do that but i'd like to see it though yeah going back to hh H. holmes he's a guy that fucking built this huge hotel it had doors to nowhere mm-hmm. it had some rooms had seven doors trap doors i mean the second floor was offices the third floor was a madhouse and then the basement was where he tortured and he would melted people melt people down and sell the bones to science like the skeletals i mean it was just I mean, Skeletals. Don't hit it again. <laughs> Skeleton. <laughs> God, thank you, Chewie. Skeleton. Fuck, I'm a stuttering prick. <laughs> but that's what, I don't know. The idea that he was an architect on this stuff, it has such film potential. I would love to see it. 
Yeah, uh, an H.H. H. Holmes movie. Uh, like, I would love to see an H.H. H. Holmes movie and an Albert Fish movie. Albert Fish is fucking grotesque. Like, you know who I think of every time I say the name Albert Fish is the old guy in Home Alone that's salting the sidewalks? Uh-oh. He would have played a gnarly Albert what Fish. What about Herschel? He's a little too Santa Claus. Right? I, I love her. Herschel. Yeah, you don't want to see him on that. He's a creepy old dude. Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> And sold. <laughs> no, like uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't. I just so they get their proper dues. I'm, I'm. I think they do something like that or Night Stalker. I'd love to see a Night Stalker film. Dude, dude, please I know. come on. Like, We've talked about this. I just actually watched Summer of Sam. Yeah, uh, John Leguizamo. Yeah, and uh, Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody. <laughs> Man, stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirsty for more cereal. I do like, uh, I remember they did Gacy with the fat guy from Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf, yeah. I'm sorry I called you fat guy. Sorry, dude. You're, you're, you're a good actor. Yeah. I actually wish you were. And he did stuff. a good version of that one. I liked it. He did. I mean, you had, then he had Luis Guzman do like the Boston Strangler or some other actor. I forgot. Um, uh, and then you had, uh, fucking, what's his name? Do Ed Gein film. Kane Hodder. Dude, they've never been able to get Ed no, Gein. It wasn't right. Kane, Kane Hodder. I was fucking forgetting. Kane Hodder did a Gein film, though. Oh, okay. And it's like a seven foot Ed Gein. He was a short little dude. What no, no, the, the Ed Gein. I was thinking about it was a. Uh, it was one of the actors from X Files. He was uh, abducted by the aliens in one of the earlier seasons. I do remember a yeah. Gein film previous to the Gein. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, and the other one that I think of is the uh, Jeremy Renner. Oh, Dahmer! That was fucking great. I didn't like it. I like Dahmer. Dude, I wish I wish they would have done. They need a new Dahmer film. Well, it's like they shot it well, and I think Jeremy Renner did a really good job as Dahmer because it was like it was like him reminiscing, but also while being. Oh, that was neat. It was super low budget. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a bigger budget on something like that because yeah. Dahmer's the one that intrigues me the most. Like you are fucking weird, dude. Like oh shit. He even said like, if you want to see the devil, look at me. Yeah. Like you. Then he went all like, oh, I apologize. But that's because he's in prison getting fucking raped. No shit, by broomsticks. Oh, fuck. Um, Weightlifting bars. No shit. That was American Me Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but everybody sticks to their fucking guns and they keep on doing fucking Manson films over and over and over and over again, which I could just fucking care Elders, less about. They're doing another one? No, they just keep... I mean, how many fucking Charles Manson films do we fuck. have? Fuck. They're so fucking... So when it comes to serial killer films, it's neat to have things like your Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs and your exquisite little fucking things like Seven, but then things come along like Hannibal, the TV series, and you get introduced to multiple serial killers every fucking episode. I don't know why we dropped the ball on that. People were downloading it more than we were watching it on TV, which helped the ratings not go anywhere. And we, you know, eventually lost like two really great actors that were doing really well in a very, very, very good TV show. And it left off on such a fucking cliffhanger, dude. Literally. Like, what the hell? Literally. <laughs> and you will never know. Yeah. But I've heard rumblings that that series is trying to get bought by Netflix. They wanted. Everybody passed on it. Netflix offered. Oh. But. I mean, can they can contractually do it? I mean, there's, waited, there's a whole lot of rights and shit that I don't, I couldn't tell you. About. I think I've waited four or six years to finally get an ending to Deadwood. <laughs> Good so, luck, keep exactly. waiting, buddy. <laughs> and right now they're supposed to go into production. It's in development. HBO kind of gave them a go ahead, but we've heard that before. Yeah, green lights don't necessarily mean you're going to see it. No, ever. development deals don't go anywhere. It's like Friday Thirteenth. It's like, oh, it's in development. What does that mean? Uh, it means wait. <laughs> it means we might do a game of. Fucking TV series or a movie. Yep. 
I keep seeing people post that Friday's coming out again. Like, and it's like, um, I yeah. think it's in the water. I think it's right there with Halloween. I, mean, I hope to see one next year. Oh God! But let's please. not hold our breath. I mean, I love the those those slashers. Like, I'm not a big Freddy fan, but Jason and Michael are are my dudes. The film I was talking about in one of our episodes that we we're talking about uh, horror video games last year. That was the name of the fucking uh, film, uh, the video game that got shut down by Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, okay. So it was originally called Slasher Volume 1 Summer Camp, and that became Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And another film that was going against it was called Last Year, and they used the right, they used... Another game, you mean? They used, yeah, there was the other game that they're using uh, artwork that had a guy with a fucking hockey mask with a machete. <sighs> so they're jumping their shit. But, um... Thankfully, we're getting a game. And, I hope it's good. But Last Year's coming out, too. So we'll get, cool. we'll get Friday the 13th for consoles, and I think on PC and Steam... Uh, we'll get last year in November, mm. which is still your five versus one, and you get to play as the killer yeah. or the five people. It's I, gonna be awesome because I think last year looks neat because you can pick different serial killers. Oh, that's fucking. So cool. it has like five different killers you can try out. Like yeah. one crazy guy with a crossbow, one guy has a chainsaw, yada yada yada. Going back to serial killers that I'd like to see, I cannot remember a single Richard Ramirez movie for some reason. That's my. T- I mean, we talked the Night Stalker thing. Like that would be the. I can't remember that a would, single movie. That would be the place to strike, dude. He's a freaky dude. dude. He's a fucking... And Johnny Depp could play him. <laughs> Crazed meth user. <laughs> <laughs> they throw Johnny Depp in everything. If he's going to play Beetlejuice. He probably could pull it, I guess. Yeah, he probably could pull it. Fuck. Um, another one that I'd love to see, that uh, a serial killer that I find intriguing, is the uh, vampire killer. This guy actually drank blood. He was like, I have to drink blood yeah. to live. And then when they incarcerated him, he didn't drink blood, of course. And like within seven days, he died. And I was like, what the fuck really happened to this guy? They said it was aneurysm or some shit. But it there was, was like, a German film I saw. It was called Antibodies. I've seen this. And this film was like crazy because like Norman Reedus comes out in it for like a blink. And it was kind of about the uh, situation that happened where a guy basically offered himself to be eaten by another man. Yes. And it kind of covers that loosely, but then it goes into some seriously fucked up shit. Mm. It's very hypersexual and... Well, I remember the true story on that. The guy fucking gave him the medication to dull his leg, cut his thigh off, cooked it, and then they both ate it together. I mean, and he just kept picking at him and eating him. I mean, he ate his genitalia with the guy. The guy got his nuts cut off and they boil it and then they both eat it. Like... I remember hearing that story and then watching that movie, and I was just like, fuck that. Fucking strange life choices there, people. Yeah, I mean, what was another way to go. Another weird one I saw was called Feed, and it was literally like this guy that was obsessed with obese women, and he would just keep them in this bed and just feed them to the point where their stomach would eventually rupture kind of shit, kind of like gluttony and stuff. Fucking crazy. Well, it was like the shit, the shit we watched. I was like, wow. Let's go to the true crime section of the Blockbuster. Hey, one thing I'll never watch again, I don't care how many they make, it's Human Centipede. You guys review it, I will not be here for it. Hey. I, I'm not putting myself through that again. That I watched them. disgusting. That was neat. It's neat? I mean, it's, it's That's film. your word for it? It's, neat? It's, it's films. You know, it's a film. I can't do it. Especially the Centipede 2 with that short little fat dude in his underwear the whole time. I was God. just like, I don't know what's grosser. Watching this guy or watching people eat and shit in each other's mouths. I'm like it was cool, man. I got to I got to chill out at TFW and just shoot the shit with uh Mr. Harvey and uh 
also this director did like some weird zombie biker Bigfoot movie. And it was just weird conversation, just shooting the shit with those guys. But it was uh, fun. We ended up talking about weird things, uh, David Lynch films and Serbian film, all these kind of shit. And, Serbian was pretty cool. And that was it. I mean, it was just neat shooting the shit with these guys. I mean, they're, in the end, you're just a, a horror lover, you know? I mean, people that make these supreme ultra gore films like uh, American guinea pig shit that's been coming out lately. I mean, it's just like, um, you know, people have different tastes and. Yeah, I, not all of them are good. I think I've stayed on here. I'm I'm not a a gorehound. Yeah, yeah I mean not... I like it when like Jason's chopping someone up or fucking Hellraiser's ripping people apart. But it's tame compared to the shit that's out there. Yeah, it really is. And like like if you watch 2000- like Saw, where that dude was in the machine that twists his body parts every yeah. second. Oh my fucking god! Have you seen the 2012 much. film called Found? No, oh. let me let me look. Because man, that movie was like. Coming across that was uh, it was fun, man. I mean, it hit the indie horror circuit a lot, and once it popped up, it was like, wow, gotta get a copy of this and watch it. And then uh, they made out, they made another one that was kind of like a prequel, or it was actually like the, it's kind of based on the film that's within the film, which was you know it was neat. I think I have seen this, but man, that was some hardcore fucking, hardcore fucking storytelling in that fucking film. Yeah, and it was censored hardcore, <laughs> banned in Australia and yeah. shit. But uh, sexualized violence. Skip. <laughs> yeah, big time. But, but um, we hope to get into more of these sucking tiles we mentioned. Um, yeah, it was a fun one. I like yeah. reminiscing over seven. That was like a great fucking film to talk about. Yeah, uh, hopefully someday we'll do the game. We kind of did this one off. Off top of our heads real fast, because uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We got Texas Frightmare. Uh, we uh, got a real big series coming out before Texas Frightmare. Yep. So um, tune in next week. Oh, actually, tell them. Yeah, epic fail. <laughs> Go ahead and tell them where they can find us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at DeepHardTX. Um yeah, search us out. We're on Podbean. We're on iTunes. We're on the Stitcher Radio app. On Tuesdays, you can catch us on Metal Onslaught Radio. And, uh, you know, if you're on the Facebook page, you can click the Shop Now button and buy a T-shirt, buy a poster. Hey, we got swag. It's reasonably priced. We sell swag? I think so. <laughs> it's Reg. <laughs> so Seedless. From all of us to all of you, we say adieu. And, uh... This is Jeff. This is Nathan. Keep it scary, folks. Sad Hulk music. I know. This is how we feel when Aaron's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Something's missing. Guy wouldn't take a phone call. (laughs) He's hitchhiking. (laughs) He's hitchhiking to the podcast. I'm going to make it, guys. Don't start without me. We don't believe you, buddy. (laughs) Ralph. Concert goer. Extraordinaire. Yeah. It's not every day you can see uh, sticks. Hey! (laughs) Someone told me long ago There's a comic ball that's all I know It's been coming for some time When it's over so they say
yesterday and days before Something's cold and rain is hard Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary.